Welcome to AEW All Out 2021, where champions are made in the city of Chicago. This is Tap Out Talk. Hit the music. Welcome to Chicago, welcome to the Windy City, the home of AEW All Out 2021, and this program did go all out. I want to start out and I just want to say it has been nice to see the return of professional wrestling in formats that I used to enjoy back in the day. I had the privilege and the honor this evening to actually attend the event at a my local movie theater and we bought tickets and we had a audience in the crowd so you're celebrating with like-minded people you're listening to the chant and you're cheering in the theater and um, I just want to say thank you to two of my uh, very close friends and you know also super fans of the professional wrestling product um, Todd and uh, James who came out with me tonight and uh, we're gonna make this a AEW event and we're going to keep doing these kind of things just to kind of get connected. It's been crazy, right? We haven't seen this in wrestling in a long time. And, you know, wrestling is about um, getting together with your friends and enjoying the product and cheering for whether it's wrestling or sports entertainment and just suspending your disbelief a little bit and actually cheering for what's going to happen and being taken on an emotional roller coaster and enjoying you know, the show. And I felt like we got to do that tonight. Um, in the theater atmosphere, I remember there was two younger kids that walked up to us and they said, Hey, is it okay to cheer tonight? And, um, I know James and Todd got a very hip, you know, big kick out of that. Uh, I know, um, uh, that was before Todd got there, but James was there. And, um, I remember we were just, we both looked and we we're like, Oh yeah, you're getting a pass tonight. You can cheer as loud as you want. And, but I thought it was really polite that they asked for permission. Um, and then of course I turned around and yelled at the row behind us, and I said, hey, are you guys ready to cheer tonight? You guys ready to cheer for CM Punk? Are you guys ready to cheer for Darby Allen? And the crowd kind of got into it a little bit, and so we got going, we got some chants going, and that is how wrestling should be meant to be produced, and I thoroughly enjoyed my movie theater experience tonight with the guys, so thank you to both James and Todd for coming out there um, and being a part of my Tap Out Talk talk experience and give me something a little bit different to talk about here with AEW. And I think we're just going to keep doing this. And if you guys want to join us out there for one of these, you know, just hit me up in the comments and, you know, we can always kind of meet up out there. So let's get started in with our thoughts and um, results of the show. So the show started out and as we're getting settled in, they opened up with a uh, really big giant tag match. So we got Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, and the Jurassic Express going against Big Money Matt Hardy, Private Party, and TH2. So basically, it was just a big old messy tag match. Um, 
you know, some high points here. Of course, people love Orange Cassidy and they love Matt Hardy, right? Um, it got the crowd going. There was a lot of nice little spots with Lucha Express. But at the end of the day, um, the match was very forgettable. It's uh, so much to the point is like uh, me and my friends, we forgot that this was the first match of the night. And we thought the next match of the night was the first match just because we were kind of getting settled in and we were talking a little bit. And, um, but I will say we did chat about the fact that they don't seem to know what to do with Matt Hardy right now. I mean, they got the big money Matt thing going on. They're trying to utilize them, but, and I know he likes working with some of the younger guys and I don't see him in the main event or anything, but this, uh, big money Matt character, you know, he's kind of just going under the radar for right now. So, but anyway, we got through the match and, um, you know, Cassidy and Jurassic Express and them, they did pick up the win. So we're going to go on to the next one. And we got the Windy City, so it's blowing around out here a little bit since it is in Chicago. So here we got Miro versus Eddie Kingston, which really is the real first match of the night, um, even though we had that previous one. Uh, this match, as we were talking and we were going through it, and some of the, um, you know, we were talking about some of the input of, you know, and I leaned over to the guys and I said, hey, does Eddie Kingston do it for you? Like, you guys... You know, because I personally, he doesn't do it for me. He's just not my cup of tea, right? And I'm like, Ugh. and so they he didn't do it for them either. You know, they're not a big Eddie Kingston fans, and so we're trying to see what the appeal is of Eddie Kingston because I know he's a big deal and I know he's known on the Indies, and I'm trying to find out and gravitate myself to him. I've come up to the idea that he is a uh, poor man's Kevin Owens mixed with a poor man's Savio Vega. Which, in a clever way, my buddy James made the comment. He goes, okay, his name is now Savio Owens. And so that's what we're going to start calling him. Eddie Kingston, a.k.a. Savio Owens. Um, so now we have Miro, the former Rusev from the WWE, for the TNT Championship. So uh, Rusev takes the win here. Uh, very much so. Eddie Kingston, again, not should not be the face of the company. Um, he's John moxley's you know kind of a corner guy so yeah definitely miro here you know i was curious to see if lana was going to show up tonight because i believe her 90 day clause is now up with the wwe and she tweeted something the other day about that but that did not happen so no lana yet here for miro and i guess you know that's okay um he's doing just fine on his own it's so glad to see him get back to his roots of what he should have been and that's very interesting because a lot of these guys that are in AEW starting to take it by storm now. These were supposed to be the next guys in line to become the big main events. And I feel like there's just a big miss of letting these guys go and achieve somewhere. But needless to say, Rusev is back on track and he's looking like a monster. And he's got a you know their secondary title. And, um, and he's going back to the setup with the signature move of the kick, the super kick. And then he gets slaps right on the game over, also known as the Acolyte. And Rusev for the pin in the one, two, three on Eddie King. Let's go to our next match. So I'd say this match here, uh, while it was exciting, it was a good watch, but it wasn't anything really glorious, but it was nice in the next event of a guy of Kingston that can talk some trash and then Rusev kind of dominating them. And I do like the change to the white belt that Rusev did the change to the, his flags color. So I did like that. Blowing in next, we have... John Moxley going back to his Japan roots against Satoshi Kojima. And these guys, if you know anything about Mox, he loves his Japanese wrestling and his time over there. And he was one of their major champions for a very long time. 
And so he's held some belts over there. And I would say John tonight never disappoints. He's still a great AEW signing. I always like to joke around and call him uh, uh, Stone Cold John Cosplay, but because uh, I do feel like you know he's Stone Cold John Moxley Cosplay, and he kind of tends to have that vibe. But um, this was a good little match tonight between this uh, Koji style and Moxley style. So we got a Koji Mox going on here. So basically, um, you get. Back and forth. There was a lot of out of the ring. They tried to go kind of all around. At the end of the day, and uh, I will say this, Ko Kojima looks really good for his age. We, we He's been in the business for 30 years. And we talked about, um, he, I mean, he's got to be in his 50s now, you know, 53, 54. So the guy looks insanely good. Um, Mox, he's starting to beef up a little bit. I'm, I notice he's put on a lot more weight in a good way and a lot more mass. So I feel like Mox is going to be maybe in a match with um, Miro pretty soon, maybe for that title, because I could see John taking that one. So, anyway, he is a main eventer, though. Um, these guys had a good, solid match. I'd give it a B. You know, they did it did their job. It gave us some interest. And what I like about this is it's going to give us exposure to some of these other Japanese wrestlers, you know, that we don't get to see a lot here in the United States. Like, we know the legends, and we know some of them, right? But we really don't know all these guys in and out. So... I like this whole idea of Moxley, you know, um, taking on these kind of guys since he has history. And yeah, let's use that partnership and bring it into these pay-per-views. So it gives us a different style of wrestling on the card, too. Um, at the end of this match, uh, the big introduction, you know, all of a sudden this uh, big return comes. And John Moxley looks scared to death. So you're wondering, who is this man? And that man is Minoru Suzuki. Um, one of John Moxley's greatest rivals from New Japan. And uh, they get in the ring and they stare at each other and they go out a little bit. And then, um, you know, you get the feeling he's the most dangerous man over there. He's kind of a crazy man in Japan. And again, I like, we're going to get this matchup on a homecoming match, we're going to call it, on Dynamite this week. John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki. So this set that up very nicely into the next show for Dynamite. Um I want to see what Suzuki's about. Again, I don't know a lot of these Japanese wrestlers other than what WCW did back in the day and what I could find on YouTube. So I really want to learn. I love wrestling. I want to learn more. I love Lucha Underground. I loved, you know, seeing these different styles when I can. So I definitely want to get encultured with this. So thank you. I mean, for AEW kind of doing this route, I would like to see Moxley go on a tour of just fighting his old wrestlers from you know, Japan, and then maybe that leads into a nice big program with somebody major from over there. So um, keep them coming, guys. Keep them coming. This was definitely a good match and gave me an interesting little spin to it. So the next storm coming in is going to be the women's AEW World Championship match. Britt Baker DMD versus Chris Statlander. Both of these girls, they have... Um, I like them both. I like them both in the title scene. I think they have real potential. And that's saying quite a bit considering um, AEW's women's division is not strong. They don't have a lot of girls. A lot of green girls that they have to super develop. So, But I do like these too. Um, and they both have jobs outside the WWE. Chris Statlander, she's an alien you know, from another planet. And then um, you got Britt Baker who is a DMD. She's a dentist. I like the fact that she... Could, if wrestling doesn't work out for her, say, all right, well, I can always be a dentist when this is all over. And I like that about Britt. But Britt is a very, very good wrestler. I like her. I think um, 
she hangs around the right people and, you know, dates the right people. And I feel like she actually does a really good job of learning the craft. And she is their best reason there's uh she's a championship she's the best on the business in their card right now chris statlander i mean she could always go back to outer space and be an alien um probably lives in parts unknown that's probably where parts unknown is is outer space so um but yeah these two had a match um they got through it it was um brit baker who actually came out with the win over statlander let's go to the next one here so Coming up next, we've got a steel cage match. So the first four matches of the night, while they were good and fun, there was just a downshift at the beginning of the night. And it just, the first four matches, it just went a little slow for me. And we were talking about it and we're like, man, there's got to have that match that's going to pick up and it's going to make us like want to see this show and talk about how amazing the show is. Well, time to shift gears. Nothing like a good old steel cage, tornado tag steel cage match with two amazing teams, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Um, so the Lucha Brothers were sang out to the ring, and then you had the Young Bucks coming out to their uh, typical type arrogance walkouts to the ramp. And these two had, by far, in my opinion, the match of the evening. Uh, there were spots. It was a spot fest. There was matches. There was blood. There was weapons. I mean, there was just all kinds of stuff. At one point, one of the young bucks had a shoe thrown in, and the whole shoe at the bottom was laced with tacks in which they were doing the super kicks on the Lucha Brothers' heads. And so um, just a good all-around match between two good tag teams that know each other so well. I've been a fan of these guys for a while. I met Matt and Nick Jackson back in TNA um, briefly, and then um, the Lucha underground is where i got exposed to the lucha brothers when they were kind of on their own but these guys had the best match and what was beautiful about it is we went all the way through this very long amazing match uh, and they had a, their own version of a super kick party just kicking each other all around all four guys in the team well what was beautiful was they didn't even attempt to climb the cage until about the end of the match. And it was like, so nobody even kind of did any kind of top spot all the way to the end. And then we got it. And so they told such a great story with this. And uh, I'm like, keep it coming. But at the end of the day, the result, the Lucha Brothers are your new AEW Tag Team Champions. And well-deserved. They have went through the tournament. They have went through the grind. The Young Bucks sat there on their behind, and they just kind of sat back and watched, right? So they caught them off guard tonight, guys. And now the Lucha Brothers, Lucha, Lucha, not that Lucha, but still, the Lucha Brothers are actually the AEW Tag Team Championship. So they're starting to chisel away a little bit at the Elite and get some uh, a legit title reign, which is well-deserved. Um, we'll see how the Young Bucks respond to this. But for right now... Yeah, this is definitely going to be good for the division, having them in the championship match, and they've earned it every bit away. So congrats to the Lucha Brothers. Next up, we have the Women's Casino Battle Royal. And in this match, the winner receives a shot at the AEW Women's World Championship, which we just found out was Britt Baker defending her title. So this is where I kind of I enjoy these matches. I like the whole wild card thing, and you come out at different clusters of whoever drew like whatever card. Um, and I love the Joker card concept. You're always going to get somebody you didn't expect. Well, tonight that Joker card definitely paid off. Now in this match, when it went on, these girls 
you know, that wrestle, but I just look at them. You look at them on the screen right now. There's not a lot of gross, like known female wrestlers in this match. I mean, I could say on one hand how many of them I feel has potential. I feel Jade Cardgill has potential. Um, she has a look. She has a style. Um, I also believe that Tay Conti has a decent ability. Um, but there's not, they're running so light. There's just a lot of girls that I, you know, like, where did they get some of these girls at? So, um, I was expecting a couple things tonight. I was expecting maybe a Tessa Blanchard that could come in and be the wild card. That would be pretty epic. Uh, daughter of the legendary four horsemen, Tully Blanchard, but also AEW did pretty good with their Joker card tonight and they've got Ruby Soho. It's coming from the lands of WWE that they seem to be pilferaging. So, formerly known as Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho makes her AEW debut. And what a debut it was. She came in the ring um, and they took out Nyla Rose. And then they basically, uh, she basically took out everyone else and then ended up winning this thing. So, yeah, Ruby Soho is all elite. And I'm happy to see her in there. This is the kind of talent that AEW needs in their women division. So now you got Britt Baker, you got Chris Statlander, you got some Ruby Soho. We need these kind of girls, guys. So we need them, right? Um, we got to start building this up. The WWE has a very much a stronger women's division than AEW. That's their biggest wing. So um, you know they're going to do a good job trying to focus on that here. Hopefully in the next year, but. Um, in this match, it was safe. There's a lot of action, so but I'm just fearful for the future matches with some of the women's. And it's nice to see Ruby get her own look. I know she got the shaft a little bit because of Rhea Ripley um, being a beast that she is and but a similar look. So um, congratulations to Ruby. You deserve it. You deserve to be all elite, and you are an all elite character person too. I watched some of your post show. And she is definitely an all-elite character and very polite and kind to the fans, and I appreciate that out of her. So, um, Ruby Soho, next in line for Britt Baker's championship. It's going to be an interesting program. Up next, we have the final fight. MJF versus Chris Jericho. If Jericho loses, he will never, ever wrestle again. Stipulation put on by Jericho. This is his final fight. MJF, Maxwell J. Friedman, has always had his number. So Jericho's got to be very careful through this match, and he has been. And now all of a sudden, they come out. It was a great start to the match when Jericho's coming out, and you think it's Jericho, and you get the old-school Jericho countdown with the the countdown, and and then it counts all the way down to Chris Jericho's final match. And then out walks MJF. So that was a great heel entrance, right? Uh, totally got us on it. So we were laughing and kind of like, oh, man, he's such a jerk, but he's a lovable jerk. Um, and at that point, Jericho came out. These two back and forth, I thought for a second that I was like, no way that Jericho's losing this. But then I started to think MJF might be the one that finally puts him out, you know, and AEW starting to get so stacked with talent. They don't need Jericho as much. So, um, but then what do you do with the inner circle, right? So they had a good match back and forth. Um, lots of close calls. At the end of the day, it was Chris Jericho getting his win over MJF. Um, and then, of course, you got the inner circle out there cheering with them, singing Judas uh, with him and the crowd for, you know, just a nice little celebration in the ring. 
Jake Hader came in and uh, helped run some interference against Wardlow. So that was nice. Um, the only thing I'll say this match, and it wasn't even the match, they kind of ruined Jericho's entrance a little bit. They had a guitarist there, and it was um, the guitarist from Fozzie. And I just felt like it ruined the crowd's ability to sing the song. So I felt like they should have played a little bit of it in the background just to get the crowd going and then cue in the guitarist and let him just do his thing while they sing it. So um, I think there was a missed opportunity that because everybody in the theater wanted to sing it. We all pumped it up. We're going to sing it tonight. And it just didn't happen. So uh, kind of the, yeah, the guitarist kind of killed it for us. So, But congratulations, Chris Jericho. you got a lot more years under you. And I want to see your work. I enjoy it. Um, wrestle forever, Chris. YTJ. Coming up next, we got Darby Allen versus CM Punk. Darby, one of my favorite current AEW wrestlers. If you was to ask me who my top three AEW wrestlers are for the future, it's going to be Darby Allen, Brian Cage, and MJF, Maxwell J. Friedman. Uh, who is probably a little bit ahead of the other two. But these guys are the future and the young guns. Uh, I'll throw Cody Rhodes in there as well. You know, it's Cody's young, but he's still got some experience. But those are the kind of guys that, I mean, we would eventually want to build up and around with. And we're doing it great with these veterans. So um, this match, this was CM Punk's uh, debut, I guess, or re-debut from being retired for seven years. And he chose Darby Allen. I think that was a very good you know, challenge for him. I think he grabbed a good opponent with Darby and they respected each other. Sting uh, was not out at ringside. He let him and Darby just go at it alone. And there was, I want to say this, Punk looked really good tonight. He didn't look winded. He looked a little winded at times, but nothing that would say, oh my gosh, he's horrible and out of shape. You know, Uh, we definitely did get to see like the AEW um, or the UFC version of CM Punk, right? Which we won't go into. Um, I do have a video coming out here in about another week um, that I've worked on for a while. Uh, It's going to be called um, Phil Brooks, The Making of a Punk. So it's going to be a CM Punk history video. And um, I've been very excited to do this because I, and I did this knowing before he was even going to come back. So I have to redo my ending a little bit to that video. So now that he is officially back, so um, it'll be out in the next couple weeks, but it should be a good one. Um, it's a passion, a little passion project for me with Punk because I am a CM Punk fan. Uh, tonight in the theater, I was the only one wearing the Darby Allen shirt, right? I wanted to be the heel, and I took off my shirt, and I had a Darby Allen shirt on. And my buddy, uh, Todd, he goes, uh-oh, heel turn for Brian. And I said, that's right. And I took off the shirt, and I said, yeah, let's go Darby Allen." Got my Darby Allen shirt on, and and then some people were booing me, and it was fun. And then, of course, throughout the match, people were cheering. We were cheering, "Let's go, Darby!" And everybody's going, "CM Punk!" Right? So it was just so much fun tonight. Um, so Punk and Allen, yeah, they went through. Um, definitely a little bit of a size difference. Punk, you know, definitely has a little bit more of that veteran upper WWE experience now. Um, Darby's a speedball. He needs to stay fast in the ring and just kind of use his speed to his advantage because he's a smaller guy. So he's speedy and he's dangerous with recklessness. And that's kind of what he needed to do to beat Punk tonight. And he came close a couple times. Um, the end of the day, Punk did beat him. Um, there was a point where Punk beat, almost beat him with the go to sleep, but it knocked Darby out of the ring. And you could tell he didn't want to go that way and he tried to grab him, but he couldn't catch him. 
Good psychology there. Um, I look at it this way. After the match, Punk eventually did get Darby to sleep. And then at that point, uh, Sting did come back out, and he shook Punk's hand. And then him and Punk walked over to Darby, and um, they actually ended up shaking Darby's hand, helping him up off the floor. And that was a good matchup for Darby. Um, all the eyes were on him. It was his most high-profile match he's ever had, and I don't think he disappointed. I think he enhanced his career a little bit, you know, just having a good match against a great professional wrestler like CM Punk. So uh, Phil Brooks did really good coming back here and um, I'm excited to see where his journey takes him next. I'll be definitely watching Dynamite just to see what's what's next on the road. Um, I think these two have a one and done type match. I don't see it going on further. I think they it's a one and done for sure. But congratulations to both men. This is where you know business kind of picked up after the cage match and then now this. So we got started getting the better side of the show this time. Oh, and I spoke too soon. The better side of the show. Well, you got to have a slump now and then, right? And that slump was the big show. Paul White, QT Marshall matchup. Um, this was a quick match. They made it you know, very quick and fast. They had it on the card. This was a great chance to go to the bathroom before the big main event of Omega and Cage. And I did take advantage of that really quick when their entrances come in. I uh, came back. I swear I was only, you know... I pee as quick as Clark Kent, like Superman, right? And I came back, and I was like, how's this match already started? And then my buddies told me, they said, uh, that basically, Paul White ran down and attacked them and got the match started, so they didn't get full entrances all the way. So I was like, okay, good way to save time. And we were watching it, and I swear I blinked a couple times, and Big Show beat him up a couple times, and there were some choke slams. And then Paul White over QT Marshall. There was never going to be any other result than that. Paul White has been getting embraced by this QT Marshall guy with the factory. And they're just not the future. They are the stooges that are going to get beat up in these kind of matches. So this is a great way to highlight a veteran at a pretty high-profile main event, yet without him having to be in the main event of the show. So it could draw some ticket money for those fans that haven't seen the big show Paul White in a long time. So um, nothing special here, but at least it, you know it didn't take up too much more time. Let's get to our main event. And boy, this is how AEW does a main event. Everybody was kind of thinking, oh, CM Punk and Darby Allen should be the main event. And I said, no, those are still special attraction matches, right? Your main event always should be your championship match. And I love that AEW does not falter from that rule. Your main event is your championship match. And in this championship match, Kenny, the collector, Omega, is your main event champion. And he is taking on Christian Cage, who robbed him of his TNA championship a few weeks ago. And the question here going in is, well, could Christian beat him once? Could he beat him again for the AEW title? And these two had a great match back and forth. Don Callis got a little interference going on, but nothing big. Um, they went to the outside. They had some good moves. Um, I would say this is probably second or third best match of the night. Um, I'm going to say this is this one. I would say the this one or the Sting, um, Darby Allen, and CM Punk match was pretty good too. So you know we got about three good solid matches through the night with some other good filler matches. Um, but these matches all stuck out and they all meant something. Um, Christian, I want to say, he can still go. We got the right 
brother here, you know, Edgerton Christian. And um, at first when I signed him, I was like, oh, what are they doing? But now, you know, he's the TNA champion. He could go back to TNA and represent that brand where he has history there as their champion. And they need help. So they need a guy like Christian. So I like this that he stepped up. I like that he fought Kenny. And then I do like that Kenny, you know, V-triggered him up and got got the job done against Christian and it did beat Christian Cage. Uh, there were some interferences, of course. And then uh, Jurassic Express comes out and they try to save. They started beating down Christian Cage after the match. Kenny Omega gets on the microphone and runs a great pro, you know, a promo on a heel. And he says, have you learned your lesson yet, Chicago? That Kenny Omega is all elite and he is the elite and the champion and nobody. He says, nobody can beat me. And the only ones that can beat me are not here or they're dead. Okay, so that's true. And um, there's nobody here that can beat him or has ever beaten him. All of a sudden we get, you know, an attack from the Jurassic Express. They beat them down. They beat down Christian. And then at that point, um, out comes some music and out comes Adam Cole, baby. And the crowd went nuts. And so that's right. Adam Cole comes walking out. All elite, baby, on his shirt. And he is hitting some good music. Nobody expected Adam Cole. We were shocked. We were hoping for somebody else, but it just didn't happen. Adam Cole was your guy. And then as he walks out, he gets in the ring, and he looks like he's about ready to square up with Kenny Omega, but you know he was part of the elite, right? And then all of a sudden he attacks, and he beats up on Christian Cage. Right, and then stomps them in the ground, and then he hugs and kisses the young bucks, and they all hug, and they're like, and Kenny gets on the mic and goes, "Are you kidding me right now?" And he goes, "Did I do that? Uh oh, did I set that up?" And he goes, "Oh, you guys are forgetting. This guy's like one of my best friends. He's like, why would he not be with us?" And it's true. Adam Cole is all elite, and he is with them, baby. So at that point. He's getting ready to, uh, hey, I'm going to bid you a further, I'm going to send the crowd home happy. I always like doing that, so I'm going to bid you goodbye, a further ado. And then all of a sudden, music hits again. Adam Cole remembers, now all elite. Great story there. We're happy in the theater with that. We're like, all right, I'll take Adam Cole. Apparently his, uh, his uh, clause is up, his 30-day clause that he had, so that's awesome. And then music hits one more time. And it is none other than a harder version of Flight of the Valkyrie. And it turns into a hard rock music. And out comes in the most plain, basic white merch I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, and I, I swear he's going to start selling those on their shop channel. But AEW now has Daniel Bryan, okay, or Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, is now all elite. He comes out. He runs out to the ring. Tons of yes chants throughout the whole crowd. Yes, 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 yes. Goes into the ring. And he joins the sides with Lucha Express and Christian. And then they attack the elite and knock them all out. And has a few kicks in there, flips. And then, um, so you can see him kind of lined up across from the ramp in the ring. Yeah, I can see this going with Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega coming up. You're probably going to have Adam Cole versus Christian. And then you're going to have probably Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks. So I can see these matches lining up pretty well and coming down the line. 
Um, so yeah, what do we learn tonight? We learned that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, is all elite. This is huge for the company. Okay, we've gotten CM Punk, we've gotten Daniel Bryan now. You've gotten Adam Cole, and don't forget about Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho. Okay, and then you got guys like John Moxley, and then you got guys like Miro and Darby Allen. And, you know, who took on Punk and Sting. And I, you got so much talent to work with now. The needle has finally moved. The TV deals, the needle, the money. You've got the talent. Tony Khan is doing an amazing job in AEW with all these shock factors. And now he's going to use these shock factors as this is the defining moment. And he's going to use that to build momentum all the way through the next year. And this is his next year's matches. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see other guys wanting to jump ship and join in. We'll talk about that another time. But AEW got it right tonight. The pay-per-view started out a little slow. It was showcasing some lower-end guys. But by the time that cage match showed up with Lucha Brothers and the Bucks, which, again, highlighted them in a high profile. And then you got slowly go up to the main card with all these just great twists and turns. Uh, very good job, an amazing job, you know, making us think, okay, Adam Cole, we got Adam Cole, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, there's Daniel Bryan. That was just a nice one-two punch, right? So we forgive you, Tony Khan, for the whole um, uh, Revolution Ring issue and then the Christian Cage signing being the big announcement. This is the big announcement. Um, but you know what? Christian's a nice piece, but this is a big announcement. You guys did a really amazing job tonight. You And for me personally, you brought wrestling back <sighs> to me as a fan. You brought it back so I can enjoy my product with my boys while we're cheering in the theater with a bunch of like-minded people that we just want to yell and have fun with. And that's what pro wrestling is. And there were surprises and things that you had an idea were going to happen, but you didn't really know. So you were truly appreciative when they did. Um, so... AEW got it done right tonight, and they did a really good job of giving me that old school feel that I just have such a connection to in my childhood. So um, I want to say thank you to AEW for putting this together. Thank you to the performers. And CM Punk, thank you for a great match tonight. And Daniel, we're, loving, we're glad and loving to see you get back to your passion. So, um, guys... That is everything I wanted to cover tonight. And again, thank you to James Clayton, Tom Todd Dilly, meeting us out there. We're gonna start doing this. Maybe we'll do a live stream one of these times, just kind of talking about it. You know, maybe a reaction videos while we're out there. Maybe that's something you guys want to see on Tap Out Talk. I might be able to make that happen. So, all right. So right now, it's not just goodbye, but it's gonna be game over. And we'll see you next time on Tap Out Talk.